Welcome to ADHD Rewired. This is episode number four. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and slightly wandering attention. Whether you have ADHD and you want to learn more about it, or you are looking for ways to organize your time, your things, or the many details of life so you can get more done, this show is for you. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. I am your host, and if you look at my desk, you would know I have ADHD. So behavior change is really hard. Over the past few weeks, I've talked to you a bit about uh, sleep and some of the the challenges that I've been having with sleep. And uh, you know, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, it's actually sleep is not what my primary issue is. It's transitioning. Once I get home, I'm I've done so much better at uh, allowing myself to have alone time in the morning. So. It, that was one of the issues that I was really needing originally when it came to sleep, but I realized that transitioning is actually the issue. So I'll tell you more about that later in the show. I want to start by talking about how behavior change occurs. You know, we like things to be the same and, you know, change is hard. You know, the first challenging part about change can sometimes be to recognize that we actually need to change. Um, So finding that motivation to change uh, can sometimes be a struggle. But let's say, for example, that you have a specific thing that you actually do want to to change. And maybe you've been thinking about it or you've been trying um, for quite some time to make some changes and you're just not making the the traction that, that you want to. You you try different things and the progress just isn't there. So, you know, if this is the case for you, you should think about some of these things. And, you know, you may discover that um, there are things that you are doing right and maybe some things that you're not. So, you know, you're looking at um, your to-do list. And one of the things that you want to really uh, think about is that, projects are not tasks. And, you know, when an item has been on your to-do list um, for too long, you know, you really want to think about, you know, is this a task or is this a project? Projects can generally, um, or tasks, tasks can generally be done in 30 minutes or less. More than that, it's a project and that needs its own um, organizational system so a, a task might be a part of a project, but if it's really something that would take more than 30 minutes, um, that really is more likely to be a, a project. Other things that you want to ask yourself if um, there have been, uh, if there's been items on your to-do list that have been there for too long is, do I really know what the first step is? I think that this is um, one of the biggest barriers and hurdles to getting started for lots of people is not really being clear about what that first step actually is. So it can really be be important to visualize what that first step actually looks like 
and really try to visualize yourself doing that first step, one of the things that you may realize is that there are parts of that first step that maybe you aren't clear about. So how do you figure out what those parts are? Well, you can ask yourself some of these questions. You can ask yourself, do I have everything I need to begin? So that can include materials, that can include information. Um, you know, so let's say, for example, that you are working on the project of um, uh, making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I am just thinking about this off the top of my head. So you kind of know what that looks like. So if you go to the, the pantry and you realize you don't have bread, um, you're not going to be able to start. So your task would then be to go to the store to get the bread or to find something else to eat. Um, is it information? Let's say you want to make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but you're not really sure how to make it. Hey, just bear with me here. That was the first thing I thought of on the fly. So what do you do? Well, maybe you have to go online and find the recipe for making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and try not to, to um, you know, be too hard on yourself when people make comments about why you had to look that up. So um, there I go on a tangent of not funny jokes. I'm going to keep moving forward because one of the things that I think is really important um, in both ADHD uh, for my ADHD and to really do this podcast and get good content out to you is I'm not going for perfect. I'm going for good enough because, you know, I want to do sure. I want to do a notch above good enough, um, but I'm not going to be going for perfect because then I would get nothing out to you. I certainly have perfectionistic qualities um, and I have to be very mindful of that. So when I make a bad joke or I mumble on my words um, or I have a, a, uh, um, a loss of concentration, I'm just going to keep going. You know, I might do a little editing, but I am not going to do a lot of it because you can go crazy on, on kind of hyper-focusing on editing my goal is to get information out to you, uh, not to get perfectly produced information out to you. I do want it to sound good. Uh, I will continue to improve um, as I go, but I am not going for perfect because here's one of the things that I tell a lot of my clients is that good enough is great and perfect often sucks. So, you know, I'm going for good enough because good enough is often great. Um, so let me come back from that tangent and, um, talking about if there's items on your to-do list that have been there for too long, the questions that, that we want to ask ourselves, uh, we said that, that, um, we want to ask ourselves, do I really know what the first step is? Do I have everything I need to begin? Do I have all the materials? Do I have all the information, uh, that I need to begin? Another question is, do I know exactly what done looks like? You know, one of the things that we might have on our list is a, a big project and we're not actually clear on what that big project looks like. So um, I guess I'll continue on the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, so do we actually know what that looks like when it's completed, including the plate, including 
the mess on the counter. What does that look like? You know, we might think that making the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is just making the sandwich and we leave the peanut butter and jelly and the, the knife and everything else on the counter or in the sink. But that's actually not done because cleanup is, is the last step of anything that we do. Um, so we have to set it up. We get our materials out. We, we make the actual sandwich and then we have to clean it up. So do we know what all of that looks like? If we don't, we might not know what done looks like. We might need to, to really break down the, the tasks even more. Another thing to ask ourselves is, do I know or do we know why this is important? So, you know, sometimes we put things on a, on a list because at the time it, it really made a lot of sense and it sounded good, but not always is everything going to still stick with us motivationally. So a couple things. If there's something on your list and it's been there for a while and you're like, eh, I guess it's kind of important, but you're not really feeling it. Sometimes it's okay to give yourself permission to just, you know, delete that item on your to-do list. Because I think sometimes if it's been there for a long time, it's actually not that important. And if it isn't important, I think that it will be self-generated again onto your to-do list at some point into the future. So uh, you want to ask yourself, do I know why this is important? And one of the things that you might want to consider when you're adding things to your to-do list is adding information on your to-do list as to why this is actually important. Uh, for me, you know, looking at, let's say this, this podcast, um, you know, I'm not a huge, uh, well, I'm not gonna say I'm not a huge fan of writing. I just don't like writing my, uh, you know, I have too many thoughts, uh, all at one time. And I, um, you know, that delete button is uh, sometimes my own worst enemy. And sometimes it will take me an extraordinary amount of time just to write a few sentences. I do like to talk, though. And that seems to be something that um, I kind of do naturally. Um, even though while I'm stumbling upon things that I'm saying in this podcast, uh, some of you out there listening might saying, well, maybe you're not that good at talking either. Um, well, maybe that's the case. Let me know what you think. Uh, use constructive criticism when giving feedback. Um, be kind. Um, okay. Going back off that tangent again, maybe we should have a, a tangent counter um, and, and maybe some kind of a reward can be given for uh, staying under a certain amount of tangents, or maybe you guys like the tangents. Maybe it'll be um, how many tangents can I actually bring myself back to the main idea from? Um, that would be an interesting one. Uh, Cause you know, I do want to go with some of the tangents cause I think that it's, that can sometimes be just as valuable, but the, you know, the tricky thing is, is holding on to that, that, information in your mind, you know, also known as a working memory to remember where we were when we diverted from the main point. Um, I think I talked last time about how I was setting up my, my, uh, notes and my, uh, for the podcast. And one of the things that I really like to do, and I'll talk more about in another show is mind mapping. So I created a mind map for the last show and I just use the mind map as kind of my guide and I definitely realized that was not the best approach. Using the mind map to get the ideas out, yes, but I try to talk in a, in a more linear fashion because I think it's probably easier to follow. I know when I'm listening to someone, 
I want them to fu- to talk in a more linear fashion. So, okay. Looking back at what I was saying at my notes, which is, thank goodness for notes, because all my thoughts would go off in a drift if I didn't have them. So do I know why this is important? Um, so we want to ask ourselves that. Another question is, have I scheduled time to work on this? So maybe you have a bigger project like, you know, paint your house. Um, that's actually been on my list for four years, maybe five. Um, we've been living in our house for almost five years and I've wanted to paint it. Um, we painted our son's room, but that's actually it. You know, it's, I guess it's not that important to me right now. Um, but it's something that I would like to do and I haven't really scheduled the time to, to do it. So, um, the next thing we want to ask ourselves when there is something that's been on your list for too long is, do I need to ask for help? You know, asking for help, I think is a strength. Um, but I think that there is, is kind of a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. Um, and I'm going to make a note to myself right now to maybe do a show about asking for help. Cause I actually think there's a possibly a whole show, um, just on that very topic. So to quickly review, um, projects that, um, are things that have been on your to-do list for too long, um, ask yourself, do I really know what the first step is? Do I have everything I need to begin? Do I know all the materials? Do I have all the information? Do I know exactly what done looks like? Do I know why this is important? Have I scheduled time to work on this? And do I need to ask for help? Okay, the the next thing that you want to kind of think about And, you know, this is all about behavioral change. So it's not just about getting things on your to-do list, but changing behavior requires action steps. And sometimes those action steps need to be put on a to-do list. Okay. So when you're, you're trying to, um, change behaviors, one of the things that, that I think is so important to understand is that If you want to make really big progress, you have to take really small steps. And I think that's so, so critically important. You know, taking small steps on a continual basis is the best way to get the progress that you want. So, you know, are you looking to to work on developing a habit. You know, habit formation is, you know, is tricky. And one of the things you want to think about when you're trying to build a new habit is can you connect it to something you're already doing? So, um, you know, you want to ask yourself, you know, what would a, a, the next small step look like? So, um, in other words, if you're looking to make a small improvement, what is that small improvement? So what would it look like, you know, on paper, if you were, if you were to be really writing this out, what would it look like on paper? Let's say you are wanting to to exercise and currently you are averaging in your exercise routine, zero minutes of exercise. Five minutes of exercise would be statistically a really large increase from zero minutes. You know, if you look at at it like this, doing something once 
is 100% more than doing something never. So we really want to be looking at gradual change because that's the only way to build momentum for bigger goals. So, you know, one of the things you want to also ask yourself is what has not worked for me in the past? You know, was uh, Einstein's definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, you know, Einstein was pretty smart. And he also is uh, thought to have ADHD and autism. So um, there's a tangent. I'm coming right back. So here we go. One of the things that uh, you want to you really assess Am I, you know, ask yourself, are you repeating the the old way of doing something? So we got to be honest with ourselves and we got to really be thinking about our thinking and thinking about our behaviors. So, you know, often one of the, the great, I think, things about having ADHD is we can often have a lot of enthusiasm about the things that we're excited about. But the problem is that we burn ourselves out way too quickly. You know, think about this. So... You have a, you have, uh, think about gas mileage in a car. If you're at the red light, it takes the most amount of energy for your car to go from stopped to, um, to an accelerating, uh, speed. So you're going to actually get more mileage by gradually stepping on the gas versus gunning it. Now, sure. Gunning it is going to be fun and it's going to be, um, you know, really increase that, that, that dopamine, and it's it's going to give you that adrenaline. We know how much we love that. But here's the thing. Are we looking for that fun right now? Some of us maybe. But what do we actually want more? Do we want the, the bigger goal more? Or do we want that fun right now more? I think it's a, another good question to ask ourselves and to be thinking about. You know, when you're thinking about these kinds of decisions when it comes to behavioral change, you know, ask yourself, is this something I want right now or is this something I, something I want more? Um, so often the now, you know, is the shiny object. Often the more is the thing that really drives us, is that, that motivational part. So we have to ask ourselves, what do we want more? Here's the thing. When we are creating goals, we have to put it down somewhere and we should put it on paper. You know, don't keep it in your head. Our heads are interesting and they are very bad places to keep information like things that you are intending on doing. Put it out on paper. You know, yeah, you can also do it on your, your phone or your, your computer, but I think there is something that's very intentional and very uh, purposeful about writing something out, pen and paper, that you don't really get, um, at least for me. Um, you know, you got to really know what works for yourself. Everyone is a little different on that. You have to really put it out in detail on paper. And especially in the beginning, you want to intentionally make it look too easy. This is a strategic thing to do. So you don't want to say, okay, well, you know, I, I'll, I can start at the gym for half an hour, um, which might be realistic, what I'd actually like you to do if your goal is to go to start working out is have your first day of, of exercise is to just show up at the gym. Goal achieved, go home. Okay. Next day, go to the gym, get dressed, and then maybe go home or shower there. Okay. Really, you want to build habits that are easy. 
you know, exercise is a really good one to to do this with because it's it's something you can really measure and define. And it's it's surprisingly easy to get to a, a higher endurance level by um, by really breaking it down really in, in small doses. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, you know, I I sent out an email uh, to a group that I work with, um, an ADHD group, and um, this was around Thanksgiving time. And uh, we all had set some some goals. And mine was at the time uh, working on my uh, completing my website, um, but we were getting about we're about a week away from our next meeting, and so I uh, sent out an email just to give uh, the group a little bit of extra motivation, let them know that I was thinking about them, and give them some some kind of things to think about um, as they're working on their goals. So here's what I here's what I said to the group. You know, he, here's an example in my own life of big goals done slowly. I am about one pound away from achieving my weight loss goal. My goal was to lose two to three pounds. Easy, right? Let's look at how I broke it down. The goal I am describing is this month's goal. The goal for this week, which is my focus, is zero to one pounds. And I can actually give a range that includes zero because right now I know I am on target for the month. My actual goal, my big picture goal was uh, to lose 20 pounds. And I wrote this in in, uh, November because it was right before Thanksgiving. So I said, you know, my goal to lose 20 pounds, this was in May. And here's what I did. In May... That's funny. I'm looking at this email that I wrote and they wrote in May, I weighed XXX and apparently I I was wanting to be discreet about my weight, which I'm not usually discreet about most things. Um, So uh, here, I guess I'll tell you in May, I wanted to be, I wanted to weigh 200 pounds Um, or no, in May I weighed in May. What did I weigh? I weighed 220 pounds. I wanted to be at 200 pounds um, by December 15th, which was uh, my sister-in-law's wedding. So I did the math and it came out to just under three pounds per month or one pound per week for three out of four weeks or three out of five weeks per month, depending on how many weeks were in that month. So Part of my daily, uh, part of my behavior included weighing myself daily. Um, One of the things that I did is I recorded my weight in an app called Track and Share. And I also uh, restarted my exercise routine. Uh, I started at uh, 15 minutes at a very low resistance on my exercise bike. Uh, I also reduced the size of my morning protein shake uh, by about 30%. Now, just so you know, I make pretty large uh, protein shakes in the morning, so I didn't really feel uh, any hungrier, and I definitely was not experiencing any kind of food deprivation. Um, So, you know, I I really measured out what were the, the things that I can do small but consistently that are going to help me get to that goal. And I did get to my, uh, to my weight loss goal. Um, ironically, I've been stuck there ever since December and I've been trying to, uh, to, to take off about 10 more pounds. So I've been stuck right around the 200 mark. I am continuing to, uh, to exercise and I'm actually, uh, increased, 
um, some of my healthier eating. Um, I'm cooking more food, uh, using more vegetables and fruits when I eat, but I'm still stuck there. But that's kind of how I did it. So it you know, the idea was I want to lose 20 pounds, but I did not focus on those 20 pounds. I, I gave myself a realistic time frame for how long I wanted to, to lose that, that weight in. And I did it slowly. And I really focused on my, my weekly uh, weight loss goal. And behaviorally, I checked in by weighing myself every morning and recording that um, in an app that I use called Track and Share. So it's, it's, a lot of these small steps. So, you know, recording it, my weight in the app, um, you know, I have a reminder that goes off and I weigh myself first thing in the morning. And uh, in the beginning, one of the things that I did is I put the scale basically right by my bed for when I woke up. So um, I would kind of trip over that reminder. And, you know, now I know that some people might think that weighing yourself every day sounds like it could could have a component of like a body image issue or or an eating disorder issue, and I know that that particular behavior can be associated with that. But you know, that's not my thought process. I'm I'm not uh, obsessing over it. For me, it's just a way that I I monitor uh, my weight because um, it's something that that I've gone my weight has gone up and down. Um, and so I know that as long as I keep monitoring it, I, it won't get away from me. Um, so, you know, that's, that's how behavior change happens slowly, step-by-step step, one piece at a time. Uh, I think I said this on the last podcast, but that, you know, success is a direction. It's the direction towards your goal. If you have a big goal, break it down smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, I would love to hear what your guys' goals are, and um, I think it would be really great to to almost have an accountability uh, a component to this podcast, where our listeners are either calling me or or emailing me um, what their specific goals are, and they're checking in with me, and I'll I'll give updates on how your goals are, um, and so that will kind of give you accountability, uh, and then that gets announced to, you know, the, the potentially thousands of listeners that are going to be listening to this. Um, I know that when I make something public, I absolutely work really uh, intentionally uh, on that goal. So, Here's a part of the podcast where I'm going to update you on uh, how I am doing. So I've been talking a lot about my sleep. I'm doing better. I am, uh, I've, I think really recognizing that the real issue is transitioning uh, has been helpful. Something that I did last week, which was actually really helpful, and I've done this in the past, um, and I talked uh, earlier, I was said about, do we need to ask for help? Well, I recognize regarding my sleep and really regarding my transitioning um, that, that was affecting my sleep that I needed to ask for help. So I know that my wife tends to get ready for bed uh, somewhere up between 8.45 and, and 9 p.m. So I asked her, would she mind just calling me and, and putting me on speakerphone while she's getting ready for bed and brushing her teeth and flossing and doing all that stuff. Cause I know that gives me about a 15 minute window. So that gives me a 15 minute window to finish what I am doing and leave my office. And that has really, uh, that worked really well for me. And I'm going to continue that as long as I'm still struggling with, with transitioning, uh, out of my office at the time that I want to. 
So that's how I'm doing with that. I'm continuing to use uh, the app uh, Sleep Cycle, which has been really, really interesting. Um, you can, it's continuing to provide me with data about my sleep. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And um, that's that's about it. I uh, This past weekend, I had a bit of a cold. Um, so I really did make sure that I got plenty of rest. And on Saturday, I took like a two and a half hour nap, um, which is not something that I usually do. So, but I, I felt that that was helpful. How productive I am really depends on how how my energy level is. And, and if I'm not feeling 100%, I got to do everything I can to, to really manage my, my energy um, and help get myself feeling better so I can continue doing all the things that I want to do. Um, I have lots of balls in the air and I'm doing, uh, I think, a pretty good job of, of managing them um, at the time or right now. That's, that's how I'm doing. So let me give you your call to action. So this is episode number four, and I'm going to continue to kind of, you know, I'm still kind of finding my voice in this podcast. So here's what I'm asking. I would love for, for you to go onto iTunes and give me a five-star review. Now, I would also really like you to give me some comments in your review. And, you know, if there are things that you don't like that I'm doing, let me know with a with constructive criticism because that's the way I'm going to grow. Well, podcast listeners, you have just listened to the fourth episode of ADHD Rewired. I'd love to hear from you. Do you have a question or ADHD-related challenge? You can contact me through my website, ADHDrewired.com. Send me an email or post something on the forum. I will answer your questions and share your ADHD-related stories, strategies, and struggles on upcoming episodes. Help ADHD Rewired jump to new and noteworthy on iTunes faster than I can spot a squirrel off my Adderall by going to iTunes and giving ADHD Rewired a review and a five-star rating. This will help ADHD Rewired turn into a nice shiny object at the top of iTunes, making it much easier for others with ADHD to find. This is Eric Tivers reminding you to keep on focusing on your goals one very small step at a time.